Welcome back. This is the Rich Bits Podcast. Long form, uh, long form version today. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, other major podcasting platforms. We're presented, as always, by the 511 Media Group. You can find us on YouTube, 511 Media Group channel. Type in the words 511 Media Group, F-I-V-E, 11 Media Group, and click on the icon, uh, icon and subscribe to all future videos. This week, we've got Vin with us as a guest co-host. Hi, Vin. Hi. Ben and I have known each other for about three years now. Almost. This, and, yeah, this will be uh, the third summer. We cross paths in the business world, and uh, we always have conversations, whether it's on-site, uh, at lunch, uh, on the phone, and I always say, why didn't we get that on a podcast? Why didn't we get that recorded because they typically tend to be really good conversations. Well, maybe they're just good to us because we seem to get along. Maybe they're terrible. That's <laughs> you, you don't know until you have somebody else. It, it's it's very possible. Um, so we're going to meander through a few subjects uh, today. Um, so one of the conversations we were having, I think at lunch last week was um, the uh, political landscape um, and how that is playing out across the country and which side of the aisle you might be on. And I don't care if you share. No, no, I got no problem with it. Uh, I feel like I've almost been forced to start to be center right leaning when growing up, I was probably considerably more left, but I feel like with the dramatic change and what just seems like nonsensical pushes, I've had to consider myself more right leaning despite the verbal abuse that I get from my old friends back home. So if I said, who did you vote for in the last two elections? I didn't vote in the last two. In fact, the first time I've ever voted for a president election was this last time. Mm. And it was almost out of pressure. I felt like I had to vote and I actually voted Hillary. And I later did a lot more research to find out that I wasn't happy with that vote. And I wished I didn't vote for anybody. Gotcha. Um, so I've voted both ways. I've gone two elections ago. Um, I said to myself, well, we've had a Republican in office forever. Um, Barack Obama was the hot ticket at that time. I said, give the guy a chance. I mean, it's four years. What's well, the worst thing He's charismatic as hell. Just love to listen to him. Well, so what I heard from everybody was the guy's fantastic when he delivers a speech. He's articulate. He can go to foreign leaders. He can speak eloquently. He can restore um, civility and an order to our political system. And what I didn't take into account really were the policies that were all behind that. I, I felt the same, but it, I don't think it was because I, I didn't research any of it. This is, I basically felt the responsibility to find out about political parties when I had kids. And I felt like this is kind of going to affect a future after me. So I should do something. And I just didn't like the idea of Trump having no experience at the time. My example was I'd rather have somebody who I knew knew the system was corrupt and that she would abuse it than somebody who didn't know the system and could break it. Mm. And then going back to Obama, it was more I could watch him. I didn't know a lot about what was being talked about, but I could actually watch him. And it wasn't until I did a lot more research to find out the things he was getting away with, like as far as some of the drone bombings that were being done and how a lot of these like 
places where the people are being detained are facilities built under his command, but we're just now looking at them and they're being pinned against Trump. Well, all Trump has done, and this isn't a political point. Yeah. This is this is just fact. He's yeah. all he's done is go back and enforce the law mm-hmm. that was already on the books. By the way, Bill Clinton put that on the books back when he was president. Okay, so all so- he's doing is enforcing what the law says that the president of the United States should be doing. Barack Obama was doing the same thing, but because there's two different ideologies and people say, well, I agree with this guy or I agree with this well, guy. They're under or, two different lenses. Well, and the, and part of that lens is I don't like that guy. Exactly. So regardless of what political point you prefer, the people on the left say, I don't like that guy. And the people on the right are going, well, you're not even giving him a chance because you hate him or you dislike him, or you're looking through a lens that's clouded by the fact of your judgment because of what you've heard about him or what you've seen yeah. or what he said. But when you look at the actual policies, they're not much different from what we were doing for the previous eight years. No, and I feel like to a degree, there's only so much anybody can even move that needle anyway. How much can really be shifted and changed by adjusting the policies? You know, you look at somebody and you say, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And I ask that question of people all the time. And the answer that I get is, no, I'm not better off. We have a president that's a racist and we have, okay, that's not what I asked you. Are you better off financially? Is the company, uh, is the country better off financially? Is your company that you work for or own better off now or four years ago? And when you look at it, and if you're honest, right, if you're, if you're being honest, the answer is typically, okay, we're better off. My paycheck's a little better. But I don't like that guy. It's followed by, I hate that guy. We can't have that guy in the office anymore. Well, what's weird is how everything's got to be attached to it. Like I told you, like I feel like I've had to be forced to be more right-leaning. In no way have I ever supported Trump or felt like he was a good presidential selection because he wasn't. But it seems like anytime I question anything, I'm, I'm immediately a MAGA fan. Like I should have a MAGA hat. I should be out trooping for Trump. And I've, I've not done anything to support that. I just ask people to look things up and try to be educated so they can make their own decision. And since I'm questioning anything, I got to be on the opposite mm-hmm. side. Yeah. One of the other guest hosts we have on here, Big Rob, I, I had dinner with him a few weeks ago. We had that very discussion at dinner. And I said, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a strong word that I don't like to use if I don't know the person and that's hate. Oh yeah. And it's used almost every day to define Donald Trump. If you are a even center to left individual, that's how you describe it. I hate that individual. Well, the, the level of hate, like just the, I remember when Obama was in office and I I was more left leaning at the time. So I thought everything was going pretty good from my perspective, you know, pre kids, pre real investment in myself. And, uh, when people would say that they really didn't like Obama, it was more of a, they really didn't like it, but they could support it. The mm-hmm. guy was a president. He was supposed to lead our country and they could do it. They would just vaguely say like, they're not so happy, but yeah. now people hate the president. Isn't it kind of like rooting against the pilot who's flying your yeah, plane? I, I'll never understand that. I, I will. I love the pilot of every plane I've ever been in because I'm still here because of them. Right. And why anybody would not Oh, I hope that guy them. fails. Well, you understand that that person has influence over what happens, <clears throat> excuse me, on an everyday basis. Yep. He may not be making the policy, but he influences it. Mm-hmm. And so you want that person to succeed so that the country then succeeds. If you want that person to fail, what do you think is going to happen to the country? I agree. 
the last eight years, I supported the office of the president. First four years, well, not even, that's not even true. Probably the first two, two and a half years of that, I was like, okay, this is the guy. He's going to turn it around. And for the most part, I think he did in some areas. He made good changes. Okay. Um, but towards the end of that four years, when you have to push through a policy that you state everyone's going to benefit from, nothing is going to change. Everybody's going to be just as happy as they were the day before you implement that policy. And the day that that policy is implemented, everything changes and nobody's happy and everybody's yeah. losing money and it's costing everybody more money. And that's your signature um, policy. policy of your presidency. That tends to be a problem. And there was a few other things that went on during the election, if you remember. Um, Which was that, Trump? No, with second, second term Obama. Okay, yeah. Um, with the Tea Party. I don't. You'd have to educate me. And, I didn't start really researching and until later. one of the things was with the IRS not um, allowing some Tea Party organizations to have a, a 501c or a um, non-for-profit status. Okay. And so it got held up. And then after the election, magically, they were either dismissed or accepted. Just like you said, like magic. Like magic. The same magic. And so I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I it think started that's with the same there. kind of magic that allowed Obama to buy a property in a vineyard, uh, Martha's Vineyard, mm -hmm. recently. I don't know what he's doing day to day after, but I don't see anything that would generate that type of revenue. I saw a, um, well, so, so to finish my point, though. Oh, um, so when the election came up, I said, well, <clears throat> after Obama's eight years were up, there was there was an election. And it was... You have this individual who they may or may not have committed crimes by deleting or scrubbing emails or um, doing a pay-for-play as she was a secretary of state or whatever. And I understand most people will argue she was never convicted. What they have to understand is most politicians never are convicted of their yeah. crimes because they're protected by the laws that they, in fact, make or, or pass to protect them from such crimes. How perfect. Right. So while she's never been committed, or she's never been, she's never been committed, she's never committed by law a crime and been convicted of it, there was just too much circumstance around, this person's going to be leading the country, I think she's the best for that. Or here's an individual that says, I'm going to go in and I'm going to root out all the corruption and I'm just going to do what's best for the country. And well, just on that platform alone, regardless of who the who the candidates were, right? If you if you didn't put a name with it and you said this person has this surrounding them and they've been in public office for X amount of years and she was a lawyer and she backed the individuals, she backed her husband against people who alleged he raped them yeah. and all of the things that you could then stack up, um, Whitewater and all the other things that stack up against her over her political career, not that she hasn't done some good for the country. Well, yeah. Okay. You don't get that much power to do that much evil unless you've also done some good somewhere. And I was, and I was a, I was not an advocate of her husband as a president, but I think he did a fair job. Yeah. It, the, it, given the time that he was at the, the time, my dad supported him, and I was like eleven or twelve, so I was just, I was fine with it. Right. So forget the person's name, and then forget the other person's name, and you just put those two resumes side by side, and you say this is the lesser of two evils, yeah. and then you put in the names and all the baggage that goes and the along sides with they that. sit on. I think that's the biggest problem. It's the sides they sit well, on. Well, it could because our country has gone from a very conservative, well-adjusted, 
respectful country to either somewhere in the middle or leaning left or far left, if you will, off the rails. Now, when I grew up, I knew Democrats as very um, uh, understanding. Um, compassionate. Compassionate. That's a good another word. That's mm-hmm. another good word for it. Um, non-hypocritical um, and very tolerant. That's probably the most important piece is they were very, they were very tolerant of everyone else's behavior. And they said, well, look, we're going to just going to set the example and we're not going to do what those people are doing over there, but we understand and we're going to tolerate it. We don't, we don't like it, but we're going to tolerate it. And I think now that's completely shifted 180 degrees and it's, we're not going to tolerate anything that we don't like. Yeah. The, the tolerance is only but when on both sides. It. It's on, I'm not saying it's just a left wing thing. It's 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 both sides of the aisle. Now, is it one more than the other? You could argue yes. Some would argue no. It depends again on which side of the aisle that you're on. But we shouldn't even be having the conversation because it's gone away from what it used to be. And by the way, Republicans aren't what they used to be either. The Ronald Reagan Republicans aren't what they used to be. It's far more right. See, I can only go off what other people have told me. I, I don't have a point of reference. I wasn't a part well, of Well, the point then. of reference is we have a difference in age of about at least 15 years. 32. 32 years? I'm 32. Oh, okay. So 17 years. Okay. Okay. 15 was a good guess. Yeah. It was pretty close. Yeah. Um, not that that doesn't mean that you're any less intelligent. Well, and, and also, it just I, means I you just, don't have the experience. Yeah, and I never looked into it. That's what I'm saying. I actually specifically postponed trying to research this stuff because... I didn't like the idea that I could already see the people getting involved around it. So uh, the extent of my knowledge growing up was I remember when my dad wanted to go in to vote for Bill for his second election. And first of all, he was fine with leaving me in the car alone when I was a child. So he went in and when he came back out, I asked him what he did and he told me. And he said that he was a Democrat, that my dad was. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. And he just kind of said, well, there's two parties. There's Democrat and Republican. Your uncle Doug is a Republican. That's my dad's brother, who, as far as I'm concerned, they're almost the exact same two people. They, uh, they, they behave almost the same, aside from a few personal choices. So that's where I thought they were. I thought they were very close-knit, and they kind of pulled on each other to make things happen. And as I got older, just in my late teen years, I seen that that's not what was happening anymore. It was felt like the right side were intolerant, and our way or the highway, and that anything else is just cruel. When the left was, we need to help people. We have a problem, and the right thing to do is to help people. And it wasn't until I got older when I realized you can't just flip a switch and fix problems. It's way more complex. And that's when, actually, my wife told me, you got to stop not trying to take sides. And she wasn't talking about political parties, but she just mean in general life decisions, stop not caring and find out where you really sit and then build on it. And that's when I started finding out a lot of my values were more conservative, but I had a lot more compassion. It felt like to say I'm conservative and sit with more left. But then when I started sharing my more conservative views, I realized how if I say I'm left on things, the people on the right were like, let's talk about it. But when I'd said I'm right on things, people on the left were like, well, you're stupid. Like, it, it was immediately being attacked. I make jokes that my friends back home, like, even though we're good friends, but if we talk about politics, it turns into a yelling match, and it's it's not fun anymore. Well, you mentioned the MAGA thing, right? So yeah. if, if, <clears throat> if you're not a left-leaning individual, you're absolutely 
targeted for agreeing with every single policy on the right or, or with Trump. So I'll give you, for example, so I'm having this dinner, as I was telling you with Big Rob, mm-hmm. and I said, look, is it possible for a person to separate the person from the policies, right? So can I not necessarily agree with the, the decisions that that person has made in their personal life, whether it's with women or being quote unquote a racist or their views, but they've put policies in place that I support because they're good for me personally, my business, that sort of thing. Can I then look at those two things and separate them and say, I support the president. I support the policies. I don't necessarily like the individual. I, I think you absolutely can. In fact, you should, you should, but I don't think anyone on the left, no, and especially the far left think that, thinks that that's possible. Well, I, I think that, no, I think you're right. I think they don't live like you can or that you even it's should. It's an either or. Yeah, it's it's all or nothing. And I found the opposite on my more right-leaning friends uh, of, no, 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 I, I hate the guy, but this is this is a good move. You know, you can hate him, but that doesn't mean that he's right. making I don't decisions. have to like the person. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, it's kind of like a coworker. Right, yeah, it's exactly like a coworker. As long as they do their job, I don't need to like that person, but we have to ex- we have to respect each other. We have to get along because the common goal, as with the country and moving forward, the common goal in your business is we need to get to this common goal, mm-hmm. right? And we need to achieve this success. And fighting against you, which the only reason you typically fight with somebody at work is either you're competing for the same job, you feel that they don't deserve to be in the position that they're in. Oh, by the way, that think that the left thinks that that person yeah. shouldn't be in that position, based well, on the fact they might that even have good good argument as to why not, and that might be true. Yeah, but all of those things aside, he was voted, and some would disagree with the popular vote. But the way that our system works with the electoral college, and there's a reason why the electoral college is in place. By the way, so California and New York and the entire East coast, I guess, can't say we want them to be our president. Yeah. I, I, again, that's something else I switched my views on. I remember thinking the basis of the electoral college was unconstitutional and the opposite of a democracy, but then understanding why and as mean as it sounds, getting to know more people and just knowing how dumb people are as a group. I'm happy that there's some other, source to keep things more balanced it kind of goes into the same reason why the president can't get in and change everything good or bad that we we have to create that balance also i love that for some reason you and i are talking about politics when none of us i'm a pool guy you you know what i mean yeah that's i just think it's so funny that that's what we're but i I I love the discussion but it's reality we're not politicians Mm -hmm. we're not ones making policy we're the people affected by those policies right? We're we're the ones that have to go out every day, make a living. Our taxes are spent on X, Y, and Z. We have how much comes out of our check and how much we got to pay towards other things. So they tell us, that's how much money you got to pay. And we got to pay it. Like an insurance company saying, well, if you want that coverage, that's what you got to pay. And you either do or you don't. And so, and then you live by whatever rules are made. Consequences are whatever rules are made by the government, but you elect those individuals and the system that we have in place currently, I don't know if it's going to be that way in 10 years, but the system that we have in, and I hope it is, but the system that we have in place currently is the electoral college. And that individual one 
the vote through the Electoral College. Didn't win the popular vote because he didn't, you know, he's not getting all the Democrats in California and New York and the little pockets here and there that make up the 60 some odd million votes that that candidate got. Yeah. So, but when you look at, you know, like you said, that you're wearing that MAGA hat and somebody just targets you, could you not wear that hat? Well, well yeah, you could not wear that hat and you would find yourself less of a target. So the tolerance point that well, we they're talked putting about the hat earlier. on me. I I don't have the hat. I don't want the hat. Right, but let's just say somebody does have the yeah. hat on. Why is it okay for you? Let's say that you're a, and and you know I have this I have this debate with people all the time. If you're part of the um, LB uh, GTQ, correct. All of the, there's so many letters now. But if you're part of that, the alphabet people, and you want to express yourself in a certain way whether somebody agrees with you or not, right? Because their opinion is the right, I'm not saying them, but certain individuals, their opinion is the right way and everything you say is stupid, right? Basically yeah. what we were talking about before. If that's the case, why is it okay for us to have to tolerate whatever that is? Or, no, that's or a, take, that's maybe not even statement. take that group, take any group, take any group on the left, um, take any group just in general. Why is it okay that we have to accept what they want and they feel but I can't wear a hat. I, I, no, right? I, am, yeah. I, am I making sense there? No, it's it's unfair, the double standard that gets to be applied. And that's, again, another reason why it's like I've almost been feel like I've, I have to say that I'm more right-leaning. When that never felt right to say even either side. It's I want to be center, but some of my decisions on policies happen to be more conservative. I, I try to be a very compassionate person, but it seems like if you're not compassionate at the sacrifice of other people, then there's a problem. You're, you're not willing to go far enough to fix it. Well, and, and to get back just to the, to the um, LGBTQ issue, um, I think that there, you would find a lot of people on the right actually agree with a lot of the things that they're trying to fight for and yeah. stand for. I don't think just because you say I'm a Republican or I'm a conservative means that you agree with everything on the right and you don't agree with everything on the left. I think in today's society, it is quite possible for someone to be a conservative and have differing of views on abortion and gay rights and how we spend our money and legalization of marijuana and all of the things that are hot buttons now I think you can find somebody that says, look, I'm a conservative. I like capitalism, but I also like marijuana. And I also think abortion should be based on, and we had this conversation the other day, yeah. should be based on maybe the, the, the situation or the scenario surrounding the pregnancy, not just birth control, but you yeah. know, that person was raped. Okay, I get it in that instance or whatever well, it yeah, is. Like I, I said that was the difference just between my wife and I. We're both against abortion, but my line's not as far as her line is of absolutely not. And I'm still conservative in the thought. I'm still against the idea of abortion. But I think there is a very small portion of gray that can have a very good discussion. That that's where we need to be focusing on as opposed to this big broad of yes or no. But that that's like what I told you about it right. myself. So, but you have all of those. It's possible to have all of those things and and line up with some of the policies on the left. But you don't get that opportunity to say it. Nope, not if allowed. you say at any point, I support any policy that Donald Trump is a part of. You get labeled mm-hmm. as a Trumper. You get labeled as a, 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 a MAGA, MAGA lover or yep. whatever it is. And you don't get that opportunity, like you were saying earlier, to sit down and have a conversation with somebody who might have a differing 
opinion or different different but view. There are people that can, like I mean, like we we almost unfortunately kind of agree on a lot. So it's more like we bounce our ideas. But if we didn't, things. we could sit down and have that conversation. I would like to think that, but most of the people I know, not the case. In fact, I only know one gentleman that I've been able to have the time to have these kind of conversations where he generally disagrees with me, but we can have a very civil conversation about it and politely in the conversation with a disagreement. No disrespect to each other. Very productive. I kind of call them a convogasms because I can actually talk about very hot topic stuff with him. And we know going in and coming out, we generally disagree, but it was productive. We were able to present opinions and sources as to why, and then we follow them up. When most of the time, it's a yelling match or I get labeled. So when you get labeled, how do you feel when somebody does that? Um, Initially, uh, confused, followed with, this is why your party or the side that you're trying to say you're on looks as bad as it does. So, uh, for example, I have a cousin who I love dearly who on Facebook, just because I said that I can enjoy Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder, that I think their videos are funny or informative, he immediately was like, oh, I didn't know you were a Trump supporter. Like, I'm not. I'm not a Trump supporter. And then he went, your MAGA hat's in the mail. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you have to. It's the same cop out as people who are like, you're a boomer. Yeah. Sorry, boomer. That annoys me to no end because what it basically says to me is you can't think of anything else in your head other than a cop out cliche. Yeah. You can't possibly up. any room in your head. It's not even a real thing. Generations. We we obviously have trails. I think it's the millennial thing. It's, It's their response to, oh, you're a millennial. But what I'm saying is those are all made up. Those are just things that are applied to people that we've decided to say. People's insecurities with that. Yeah. Well, I think it's about, right. it's tribal. People want to almost have labels. Then once we create them, it's good to then set us against somebody else. Now we can show how that's our a good labels point from better. the standpoint that I think these people say, well, you're calling me a millennial. Well, do you identify with some of the things that we're calling you a millennial yeah. for? And if it is, your, your, your self-esteem is, and your, um, uh, you're not being honest with yourself, basically. Yeah. You're not being honest with yourself saying, yeah, I probably think that way. Oh, yeah, I probably do that. Oh, I might be. Whatever whatever the the one thing that they're talking about being a millennial, they've targeted you for that because, oh, you're just a millennial. You don't understand that. Well, if you were honest with yourself and thought, you know, maybe I, maybe I do do that and maybe a millennial is kind of pegged for doing whatever that one yeah. thing is. And if you were honest with yourself, you wouldn't have that visceral reaction to going, okay, boomer. I mean, it's just, yeah. I think well, it's a, it, it, it's a response. The first to time I saw the okay boomer was somebody being like, I don't know that the, I remember reading the premise and it was basically how it was built up the same thing as everything is you agree with me or there's something wrong with you. And then they were like, but I can't explain why they're wrong. So I'll just say, okay, boomer. It's funny. I even joke with some of my friends about, okay, boomer. It's, it's, I think it's really funny, but the, the idea that you have to, that's not a catch all. It it doesn't really, it doesn't help anything. If anything, it puts a really bad bandaid. That's not even fixing anything. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't open up any lines of communication. And I think as political views, politics are going to exist no matter what. And for people to not sit down and try to find true progression in any of it is really what scares me the most for the future because I grew up in what I consider the best country and I lucked into it. 
I didn't, I didn't sign anything to be born here. And it wasn't until I was old enough to realize how lucky I was to be born here. And then to see how other things are ran in other parts of the world, it scares me just for my kids right below me to have to deal with that. And then when somebody says, okay, boomer to me, if we're making a joke, it's 2020 or the end of 2019 when it started happening, I'm all good. But when it's a true judgment, it's, it's a problem. And it's not because of OK Boomer. It's because what's behind it. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being I'm getting too serious with it. No, not but at that, all. That's really what what it's come down to, and why. And I I'm had approaching to. that, by the way. I yeah. mean, I'm not. I I am not a quote unquote boomer. But uh, if 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 you if you sit there and say, what is a boomer? It's somebody who's older than I am. It's somebody who isn't part of is is part of the baby boomer if you will, yeah. um, era, and I, I'm not that old. But when I get called that, I have to stop the person and say, well, why are, you, why are you calling me? Why are you calling me that? Again, 17 years of difference, people are calling me boomer just because I lean more right. What they're not hearing is me putting <laughs> this on pause or m- muting my mic and yelling at my dog to stop barking. Um, even though we're in the studio down here, you can still hear it through the vent. Does it, does it come through on the mic? Have you? Uh, I can just hear it in the background. I don't know if it's coming okay. through the mic. I've it's listened probably, to all of them, probably and I've not. never, I haven't heard it come it's through It's probably once. not. Okay. Um, I have them in the farthest part of the house uh, possible. I have all three of them. Uh, one's in a cage, because otherwise she would just be going. In a weird way, I hope you kept crazy. doing that for the rest of this time, so that every time there's a pause. <clears throat> well, and they're going to know what it is. Um, now I have to take a sip of water, because I've basically torched my vocal cords by Well, screaming. the best part is she stops yelling when you make noise, but then the second you unmute, she goes back. That's, that's, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah, so I have three of them up there. I have a, <clears throat> I have a Manchester Terrier, uh, male Manchester Terrier, female, their brother and sister, and I have a one-year-old Doberman. The Doberman's so, the only one I have a visual on. Um, have you, you've seen her. You've shown me the picture, but what I mean is I always love it when people list breeds of dogs, but unless you've, like, bred dogs, you only know the ones that you've had experience with. Golden like, Retriever. Yeah, okay. Okay, so yeah. I know what a Retriever is good. Right, and you probably know what a Pit Bull looks like. I do. Right. Like, I know Beagles, Pits, Retrievers. Uh, the color's specific, though. And some small stuff, like I know, like everybody knows what a poodle is. Everybody knows what a Dalmatian is. But when people list weird breeds, it's you have no idea what they're talking about. But people are just like, yeah, I love dogs. So they just nod. Well, and, and ours is kind of a combination of a, a, a true bred Manchester Terrier and somebody who might think they have a little shepherd in them. I mean, that's that's what they look like. All of them? No, um, no, just the two, brother and sister. Okay, they're the same age; they're eleven. And then we have the red Doberman Roxy. Um, Hair looks smooth. She completely runs the house. Oh, does she? Oh my god! Just she's she's crazy, crazy, crazy. Like she's twenty four seven, three sixty five, balls out every day. She's just crazy. And to try to get her to calm down is is absolutely ridiculous. Especially if she's been in a crate for a while. How old is she? She's a year. Oh, so that's your if she's if 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 she's been in a crate for a while and you take her out, she just does laps around the house. She's just crazy. Um, so, I, you know, I, the reason I asked you about the political stuff is the um, Democratic debates have been on, and it's actually funny to watch because well, I, I watched the first. There's couple. seven people on the on the dais 
tearing each other apart. Yeah. And they all believe essentially in the same thing. Well, and I love it when people point point out very specific things. Like I actually had somebody on Facebook talk about how we're watching a bunch of millionaires judge other millionaires about how they argue over other millionaires, if not more. And it's it's just weird to see all that happening. Because I, I only first started watching it when there were like 20... There's over 20 of them up there, like where they had to have it on two different nights so mm-hmm. they could slowly wheedle down. And now they have to qualify or something for it. Yeah, which, which is, I, you know, I like the idea of having people qualify, but it hurts when you see the people that you actually have faith in. So, like, again, as, as I try to consider myself more center and just end up leaning more right, I try to think, okay, who would I want to win on the left side and the right side? So, like, what if I don't feel like I have to pick the lesser of two evils? That would that'd be nice. But of you know, everybody that I kind of had any hope for is already gone. So, yeah, you and I agree that if Tulsi Gabbard was in the oh. race, we'd both vote for her. Yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm completely swayed just by what I saw with her on Rogan. Uh, but, oh yeah, but I saw, yeah. her, I saw Bernie on there, and it was a lot nicer for me to see him in a lot more longer form and understand more. But I just can't, I can't get behind some of the extreme changes that are going to be proposed. But isn't it funny that you have a socialist? Some would say communist. I, I don't know if I'd go that route. Well, he's uh, call him socialist because that's what he says he is. Right. But you have a socialist who has three houses and is worth millions. Yeah. It's easy to preach it. It's another thing to back it up. To live it, yeah. Right. It's completely so different. It's funny because after the last, um, the Vermont, I think it was the New, New Hampshire, the New Hampshire uh, primary. It was just Vegas. It was, it was Vegas, New Hampshire, and South Carolina a couple days ago. But after the New Hampshire one... Was it Nevada or New Hampshire? Well, it might have been New Hampshire first, then Nevada, okay. then South Carolina. But after the, after the New Hampshire one, he, being a climate change, being a eco-friendly, being a, uh, against capitalism, being against, you know, basically everything, I'm, I'm a socialist, he took an SUV to the airport and got on a private jet. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. I don't, I don't know okay. what you're questioning. So it, it, it goes back to the... Well, hold on. If you could take a private jet, would you? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. But, well, I've been on small airport uh, airplanes, and they're worse than the big airplanes, first of all. Second of all. Oh, they shake more. If I'm sitting there telling you, I hate rice, and then I go and eat rice, isn't that hypocritical? Oh, absolutely. So, it's kind of what he did. No, He's I He's like, I, you know, I, know, I don't, I'm believe, fun in, at it I don't believe in big business, and I don't believe in ruining the climate, and I don't believe in, and, and I don't believe in, and I don't believe in, and then goes and does the SUV very thing that he says he's he's not believing in. So it's hard to take that seriously when I think he's a closet conservative. He's a closet capitalist. Well, you, you you can't make that much money in this country without being to a certain point. Jax! Sorry about that. I think I think some of that got on there. It might have. I hope I it hope it did. I hope it did too. <laughs> Oh, so that, I, that was getting a little loud. Yeah, it, but we'll we'll be able to tell. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I, we'll put I've them just in the corner found, later. I've found more of it, more capitalism, and and supporting the idea of it. But it's like I can't have conversations with some of my friends where I want to say I see where you're saying there is a problem with capitalism, but because I support it initially, shut down. Mm. I, I, it's, it's that simple, but I have had some good moments where I've got to talk to people that are like as young to me as I am to you, where I've got to address the issue with just very, 
basic scenarios. Uh, just explaining to a gentleman that if you, I, and another person are in a room, I obviously at the time I used our names appropriately. If uh, at the time of Tony has $2, I have $2, and you have 50 do we get some ears? Mm. He's like, what do you need it for? I go, that's not the part that I'm asking. Do we get it? Now, I get it. You're a nice guy. If I need some lunch, you'd help me out, right? Right. But when you're talking about... $50 of your earned money versus $2. You may know that I have $150 at my house. It's not the point. I want part of your 50 now. Right. I just don't see how that's not theft. And since I... And what are you doing for it? Exactly. It's, that's why it's theft. Because the only thing I'm doing is making them give it to me. That doesn't mean that I believe that... I hate when people say billionaires shouldn't exist. Because billionaires didn't come about because they stole the money. Not to say that they're all honest or truly deserved the amount that they currently possess, but they had to do something. Just like what we said with Hillary, she couldn't have had as much power to do the bad things she has done if she had not done some good. And for somebody to say that somebody simply shouldn't be able to acquire a certain level of wealth doesn't make sense. I, I don't see how that's an appropriate statement, except for when it comes from nothing but pure jealousy. Nancy Pelosi makes $194,000 a year. Reportedly. Must be nice. She's worth $196 million. Oh, that's, now, that's not real she's money been in, to me. She's been in Senate 30 years, 35 years. You tell me how she got to $196 million. It, it doesn't math. That, well, that's like what I said with Obama about buying the, the house he's in Martha's He's got three Vineyard. houses. He's got one in Chicago. He's got one in Martha's Vineyard. I believe he's got, I don't know where the other one is, but I know he's got a third See, somewhere. So I know, and here's the thing. I know that to a degree... Some of that money is made from speeches, understood exchanges. Absolutely. But it's not my place to say how much he does or does not truly deserve because obviously he has the money. Also obvious that some of it's from, from shady deals. Well, and back to the, the Clinton thing, some would say, some would argue, what happened to the Clinton Foundation? Well, it's not even registered as a 501c3. It's, they don't really give the same amount of money that they're getting in. They're not giving out. Have they audited and found that they should have been giving more? Was the influence from the Secretary of State uh, made to um, pay her husband for speeches that he gave? I mean, all of those things, true or not, let's just say the, all of those things are false. Rumors typically circulate because there's some truth to something. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm super against conspiracy theories, but there's a certain point where there's enough, enough evidence something has happened. It's like stereotypes. Oh, yeah. Stereotypes there's a are there for stereotypes a for a reason. reason. It yeah. wouldn't have happened if there wasn't some source for it. Now, not to say that that's not fair. Somebody didn't fabricate it, but if they didn't have something to base it on or at least twist to make it fit, it wouldn't be there. Correct. Correct. So, you know, that that kind of wraps up our, our, our political you oh, know, discussion. Okay. Um for the day, but I did want to get into um, a little bit. We were talking about the fact that um, kids these days are a, kind of run the house, that sort of thing, but also they're not as active as other kids used to be back in the day. We'd go outside, we'd play, we'd play a few video games, <laughs> but the amount of yeah, video games. We're crossing into my field. Right. Well, the amount of video games that people play, and it's not just kids anymore. It's young adults. It's teenagers. It's 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 young adults, meaning in the twenties. Well, yeah, it's not something you have to be a kid to do anymore. The average uh, gamer, if I'm not mistaken, is in their mid thirties. Technically, still older than me. 
I, I play video games, not so much anymore, but I have gaming systems and I have the latest games and, and I do some of that. But what scares me is, you know, everybody will go to bed and I'll stay up and play a video game and I'll start playing at 10 o'clock at night. And the next thing I know, 4.30 in the morning, it is absolutely three o'clock in and the morning. Then, and then you get a pissed off wife and you got work that you're well, not going to be She doesn't even know to... that I'm down there unless she comes out, you oh, know, and mine gets up and pees like three over the times a night. Says, you know, the in trouble. And says, Hey, it's three o'clock in the morning. You want to come to bed? Yeah. Oh, or, or the line, oh, I guess that's more fun than I am. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, well, I don't know if I get that because oh, okay. she gets up at 4.30 <laughs> in the morning. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you just get lost in it. Yeah. And you lose all track of time. Now, well, it's it's a drug. I say that as a, a late 40s guy, imagine a young kid who really has no track, you know, no concept of time. Well, can't I can't track it. And I grew then just up plays with it. forever. I grew up with it. That, that's what I did is I played video games. Now, I had a father that made sure I didn't do it too much, but I had a mother who, Basically said, if it's making you happy, do it. So, I mean, I was lucky enough that I had, like, Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles and Batman that I would go outside and play with, and I did have cousins. But that was also when video games, you couldn't, the depth they go into now didn't exist. You, I grew up on, okay, so I'm going to go back in time a little bit, and you're going to laugh at me. Well, but I brother, was there when the first Atari came out. My brother had an Atari. Okay. And when it first came out, it there was Pong. So for the people who are like, what the hell is Pong? I don't even remember. Well, first of all, anybody that plays video games, I think real. I'd say anybody over the age of fifteen probably knows what Pong is. Okay, but you had a you had a paddle mm-hmm. and it had a little knob on it, and you'd go back. They don't and know forth that. And they they don't know the the board that and was it would be plugged into your tube TV, right? And channel three would go back and forth and back and forth, and there was an imaginary line where the net would be, and you were like, this is awesome, mm-hmm. and it was the most boring thing in the world, but. We didn't have anything like it. Well, it was a new type of control. It was something you could do. Right. Yeah. And then you and then we got things like Pac-Man and Pitfall and we got Donkey Kong mm-hmm. and we got um, football and then But Sega, now we're talking arcade too. A little right. different than home, but um, yeah, all video games. Right. There was uh there was a, you know, Joust. There was a ton of those Space Invaders, well, Galaga. Pinball in general. Uh, Centipede. Oh my god, I love Centipede. Okay. Um, so all of those arcade games then became in your home. They came into your home. They were on, a, and you'd have to blow on. I mean, kids don't even know that, right? No, I remember cleaning discs, cartridges. Not even, yeah, not disc. I'm sorry, it was a cartridge. It was a cartridge. Yep. And when it, it always didn't works work, better if you took it out and blew through it and put it, it in. That just made it work better. Yeah, and it did for some reason. Just to find out years later, so that it's actually it damaging. Was, it. it was Atari, and then it was ColecoVision. Did not have that. Did not learn okay. about that until I was like 12. Then it was Sega Genesis. Oh, you skipped Nintendo. Nintendo was oh, Nintendo. Sega. Sega. Was that really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Nintendo, then Sega Genesis, then we had Nintendo 64. Yep. Right? Um, there's there's other stuff like starting to chime in at that time. Other companies like in different countries. When did PlayStation trying? come out? It was that after. That was a game changer. It was right? after 64. Yeah. Well, we switched over to discs, even though Sega did disc for a while. Somebody's going to fact check us and just look how dumb we are. Yeah, they're going to go. We're, we're, we're only speaking from what we ran into. So, like, for me, my brother had an Atari, but I was so little, I never even played it. Uh, I know that he had it because I found it in the garage, and my dad was like, that was your brother's. And for those of the the listening audience that don't know what Atari is, which I can't imagine, but let's just, let's just set the mood for them on the Atari system. It was a game console that had three buttons on it. It looked like a weird keyboard. On, off, and one button for each controller. Um, I think it was on and off, and then you had... One plug in on the left side and one plug in on the right side for your joystick. It was a joystick. So 
It was a, it was cord. a knob, right? Well, it, at first it was a knob, yeah. and then it became a joystick. And it was a square bottom with a joystick on it and a red button. And you basically moved everything around. With like Asteroids. Okay, Asteroids yep. was one of the first Atari games to come out with a joystick. And you bent the thing around, and the spaceship turned around, which was, when I say spaceship, it was a triangle. Yeah. Okay? Shooting. And it would go pew, 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 and it would shoot out these little bullets and break up these asteroid clusters. And the each cluster of the game smaller. was to move the joystick around so you didn't get crushed by the yeah. asteroid. And that was hours and hours of fun well, at the time. Even I fell in love with Asteroid because other games that I would play, they would put those in as sub-games. Like you could load them, like you were playing a video game that you could find a video game inside that video game and then play that. Mm-hmm. And it was always these old school, because they were so small and so simple to replicate, they could just stash it into... Because that one thing is way less complex than like the footprint of today's world characters. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, well, and then you had Space Invaders, which was just lines of stuff to shoot, and you'd move back and forth on the. I bottom think anything of the screen, that was famous centipede. in an arcade, almost anybody knows. Because the, well, those there was Pac Man, then there yeah. was Miss Pac Man. Yeah. Right? So that that was the new thing. Ooh, we had Pac Man. There was a reason why. There, not just because of the bow. It was like there was something yeah, special a special about ghost game and play. Like that. Okay. Okay. I knew there was something. But then you had like games like Pitfall, which was then you were taking. See, I don't even know what Pitfall people, is. Like it was a guy in the jungle, Jungle Jim or whatever the hell his name was, <laughs> and he was running through the jungle and trying to avoid scorpions oh, and the snakes alligator? and alligators. I, did, I do and know jumping what over pits. That also, a mini game and another game that I've played, but I didn't know that's what it was based yeah, off. And of. then you had Joust, and then there was one game. I'm, I'm trying to think of what what the game was called. Um, I may be able to to pull it up here, but. Um, the the game was it looked like a cartoon, and but it was live action and it was an arcade game. Okay. Um, it was I'm trying to think of what it was. It but, name escapes me. But what we, what we were talking about is how PlayStation was a game changer because it did it, it changed everything and the because the amount they could fit on a disc for whatever reason I don't even know if if this was true they just decided to go with something different. It allowed them to do way more. And PlayStation is really where I got into being able to lose myself into video games because Mario Kart was fun, but it was really only fun when you had people to play with. Super Mario was fun until you beat it. I, I've maybe it's because I didn't do anything on PC. I didn't I didn't have a PC until I was considerably older. So I never really did. I still don't even do a lot of PC gaming. I have very, very little. Um I'm still stuck in consoles. So then and by the way, it was 1983. It was Dragon's Lair. That's what it was? Mm-hmm. I think somebody's told me about that game. That, no, that. yeah. I remember that because I remember for the longest time I actually thought that was a cartoon. And it, then somebody pointed out to me that that was a, a video game, game character. Yeah. It looks like yeah. a, it looks like a cartoon, but it's a video game. You control Which it. Which is amazing. The technology at the time was fantastic. But, but the, I think video games are a good way to look back and see how the technology is moving. Well, then you had Tech Mobile. I don't know what that is. That was the football version of, you know, like... Now, this is one thing Madden. that, for some reason, I always derive from people, and I've had some people say, I can't say I'm a gamer if I don't play sports games, but I don't. I've never been able to play a sports game. Maybe it's because my dad would, like, tell me to go do stuff. I would rather go out and play football than play a video game on football. And I'm the opposite. Somebody says Fortnite, and I go, what? I mean, I, I'll play Call of Duty. And I, I can't. Madden, I can't let you say and Fortnite I'll, and not say how I don't like Fortnite. I, I, I know everybody I just, loves it, and I should. I should love the game. I don't. 
I just, I don't, I, I, I guess maybe I, I've seen it played twice. The first time I was like, oh, that kind of looks like, it's fun. It's just it, not, it, it, it kind of looks like a kid's version of Call of Duty, yeah. right? I mean, it's, you're still shooting and killing For whatever stuff. reason, their premise doesn't attach to me. I mean, it's a free game, which is a huge benefit, and I love when games do that because they make their money then on your microtransactions when you buy mm -hmm. little things for Upgrades, it. Upgrades, whatever. Which I like that more because that means I could download the game, never spend anything, and I can have some fun with it. But some of the mechanics they put in it, it's just not for me. So that's something I haven't been able to land on. Mm. I, I do like RPGs. I do first-person shooters when it's like Halo. I'm, I'm a Halo Halo's fanatic. Halo's a great game. But it might be because that, that was my first-person shooter besides Goldeneye on the 64. That was it. I, I did Call of Duty once. It's a game called Skyrim. Yeah, don't you? Are you messing with me? No, I'm I serious. I know I've talked to you about Skyrim. You that might is, have. Yeah, no. The I see it. I see it in the stores. The I just you, I've never played it. That is that is like the game. And what I mean by that is it's playability. I don't. They produced a game that somebody could argue is unfinished and has bugs, but it's so much fun that it's coined the phrase that it's not a bug; it's a feature. And so that you get to look at what would be an imperfection in almost any other lens. And somehow it's fun. All because they managed to somehow create a story and characters and things you can accomplish in the game that let you play it. I've been playing Skyrim longer than I've had kids. And it's, it's plus it's just a continuum. But isn't that what GTA is? Uh, Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Um, it is. It's got RPG. Oh, on a different level. Well, no, it's got it's got RPG elements that you can kind of because you're you're controlling one person. But uh, like for when I play GTA, uh, I'm doing it online. It's just for going around and doing fun stuff. It's not there's no investment, which obviously we're talking about video games. There's there's no video game I have right now that 15 years from now is going to mean anything to me besides some good stories with some friends, which mm. I think is the key point there. Uh, I have obviously, in my own opinion, a video game addiction uh, because. I always want to be playing video games. I have to tell myself, no, you have to go to work. No, you have to go to bed. So I call it an addiction. But uh, I also can't say that growing up, some of the best friends I have that are still a part of my life today, we bonded over video games, even if we don't play them now. So it was just, it was our football, our soccer, it, whatever we wanted to do. It just happened to be video games, and it also happens to be why most of us are overweight. So that was going to be my next question was, do you think kids these days are going to grow up to be lazier? They're going to grow up to be not as outdoors. I don't think it's just because of video games. Outdoorsy. I don't know what you want to call that, but they don't have the passion for hiking and running and, and doing things outside the bubble of well, being I, inside the I house. When I said it's a drug or an addiction earlier, all those things are. People that love to go running, it's because they get their runners high. They, it, we're all just chasing something that we really enjoy. And video games is just so easy. So I feel like it is a factor, but no way do I think it's the largest determining factor. I think that the lack of guidance that most people have, like I, like when I look at my kids, I feel like I have to. My kids aren't fat. I'm, I'm more proportionally fatter than my children are to our heights. Uh, and... I'm worried that there's going to be a time where I have to be like, hey, I need to do better for you when really I should be doing better for me and we should be doing better for each other. Maybe maybe, I, if, maybe if you let the dog in here, it wouldn't be a problem. No, I, I don't think that would go over well. Okay. Um, and they're not stopping for some reason. There's probably some squirrel outside. There's probably somebody going through your house right now. Um, but I think that when you have a... 
um, a it's child a that grows up and they are um, not motivated to do anything outside of play video games. And I don't mean, yeah, there's kids that play soccer and they love video games. There's kids that play football and baseball and it's softball and everything, and they love video games. Those aren't the kids that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kids that you can't get out of their bedroom, you can't get out of the basement, you can't get out of wherever they play their video games yeah. for I, 12 to 14 hours a day, all, and they don't want to do their homework. And then I they grow up to be adults in their mid-20s, and they're still doing it and not working. I know people that have developed like conditions on their body because they would rather play video games than go use the restroom. And I think that is where we really find our problem. So I have uh, an ex-stepbrother, love like a brother, and uh, the difference was is my father made me go do things. It was made very clear that I had expectations I had to meet. So it was kind of like I would go do that just so I can get back to my video games, but I still had to go do that. He, my father, didn't have the authority to make him go do the same thing. And the difference in where we are in life, not to say that's the only factor, in, in no way would I say. In fact, I would say the biggest factor would be the uh, how having that fatherly presence and being forced upon you, I think, would be the largest factor. But one, his gamer score is way higher than mine. That's a measurement of points on Xbox where they, they track how many achievements you have. You're looking at me like it's, you're going to make I'm, fun of me right now. But no, I, 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 I get no, it. I know you don't know what that is. Well, no, 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 no I you know said you is. have an Xbox. No, no, Sorry. I so know his, what it is. his is so much higher than mine. I don't play online, though. That's the difference. I just play the game, whatever, whatever you have to download and play the game. I don't like playing online because, yeah. A, I don't play enough to be good at it, and I would die every single time. Well, it's weird, too, the pride you get. I, I remember a few, before I had kids that I could go online and me and two of my buddies, which I would say at the time they both were probably just, one was barely better than me. One of them's always been. I don't know why he's always been better than me ever since I met him. But I would hold up to them. We would compete for who had the best spread, the most kills. And since I've just, I can only play video games when everything else is taken care of and I have to decide tonight I'm not going to sleep. Instead, I'm going to play video games. And you feel bad. You feel bad because I just can't keep up with it anymore. Now, they're awesome. They're like, no, we're just glad to have you. You know, sure, somebody's got to bring our spread down, you know. But uh, when I when I look at uh, my brother and I see the difference in where his life has gone, even though I know there are a, a thousand, ten thousand other factors that go into it, I can't help but the simple idea of, I know that's fun for you, but you're going to go do this first. He never had, he didn't have that. It was, I'm going to do this, and then when I physically have to, because my body demands it or because I have to move out of this house because we can't afford to live here, or, you know, something like that, I can't help but feel like that hasn't impacted something. But isn't that what parents are fighting all the time with their children? When they're actually there to fight for it, yeah. I guess it's it started out probably that way 10 to 15 years ago. And the fight's just gotten weaker and weaker and weaker because the kids are like, nope, I'm going to go, I'm just going to do this and I don't care what you say. And well, I suppose parents fighting, fighting that uphill battle for so long, then they just finally give up. And then I don't know where the transition happened, but I, my kids, my oldest are only five and my youngest so they got is some two. Time. Yeah, they, they have time to put up a fight. But I, 32 years old, with my own house that I pay for, my own kids, I will wake up in the night go use the restroom and wash my hands and have this fear that my dad's going to step out of the hallway and be like, what are you doing out of bed? My mm. dad was not abusive. He was just on it. And 
uh, I think that knowing that he was there uh, to make sure that, you know, obviously my mom did stuff too, but I mean, as the authoritarian, and I am making sure I'm doing that for my kids, I think that's just going away. I think that maybe people were either simply mistreated or never taught it, or they look at that fear as a bad thing when I have used that as a driving factor for me to do better. I think that's exactly why. But isn't that a societal thing in general? I yeah. Mean, kids are less, um, less well-behaved. They're, they're, they're bigger assholes. I mean, no, they honestly. Are. And there's, it's like there's more excuses Not every for kid. It. I don't want to paint it with a broad brush. No. There's a large section of the population. Well, I, that I was an asshole. That don't discipline their... It's, it's, I think it's about discipline. And when people hear the word discipline, they think spanking. Negative. Okay? Well, I spank. There's not... A, there's not and that's a personal choice. Yeah. And people are going to disagree with that, and that's Absolutely. fine. That's their, that's their res- God-given right. I respect right. That, they, that they don't have Correct. to like it. Yeah. Because uh, I'm only doing what I feel like is best for my children. And I see on the surface argument of, well, how's hitting your kid ever? And I was like, first of all, I don't hit. I've never balled up a fist, and nor will I unless they strike first and they're over 16. It's a specific It's understood. Discipline. It, it is Some people understood. say it's capital punishment or corporal punishment or whatever that, yeah. you know, that term is. Um, corporal, I guess well, it's corporal Well, punishment. I know that I was an asshole. I know that I used to look around my house and I would try to figure out how I could break something or what I could play. I remember doing that as a kid. My mother swore up and down I had something wrong with me. Like, she had me tested twice for ADHD when I was a kid. And they, they're, no. But the point of that is we've gotten away from even the fear of, like, I had never spanked my daughter. I might have swatted her on the butt. Well, there's a different relationship between a father and a daughter and a father and a son. yeah, Yeah, but even so, she would never have thought that I wouldn't have done it. Meaning... Like the one time that I went to go get my belt, I didn't even have to spank her. I just oh, went then. to my drawer. She ran down the hallway screaming, don't spank me, don't spank me, don't spank me. I'll be good. It was just, now, did I want to instill that fear? Some people will be like, oh, that's child abuse. Even just the thought of it. Well, I, I, maybe. I don't know. Fear sucks. But, but I it's think when I grew up, I had a fear of two things. I had a fear of God, and I had a fear of my parents. If you didn't have a fear of your parents when you and when I was growing up, you'd go to your friend's house. You thought that parent was going to tell your parent that you did something it wrong. Was solely and the my hell dad. you were going to pay when you got home would have been far greater than anything that you would have had to endure. The worst thing my mother ever said to me was, I'm going to tell your father when he gets home. Oh, my God. That, I, was, that was the scariest thing I ever heard my mother say to me. And that's, I was actually more afraid of my mother. Okay. Quite honestly. I mean, yeah, my dad was a, an authoritarian, but he was gone and working all the time. Well, so, so, he really so was didn't mine. have the ability to come home and say, Richard, you need to do this, and you're going to go to your room, and I'm going to... Because it was late at night, and I was probably in bed, or he was too tired to give a shit, right? So it was my mother. <laughs> my dad always had the energy for you know, spanking. <laughs> he would be like, did your mother take care of it? Yeah. Well, I'm probably going to spank you too, so, you know, I owe you one type of thing. You yeah. Know, I don't... I mean, well, I, mean I, got, wh- I got spanked a lot as a kid. Yeah. But I think I it was too. a healthy respect for them for my parents and for just adults in general. I mean, where has that gone? I mean, we can have that conversation, but, you know, and, and we're getting away from gaming, but we we can have the well, conversation of, of society. All, all of it ties in, though. Just not having a respect for their elders. It doesn't now, happen. I had a respect for my elders. If I didn't, the hell that would have been brought down upon me would have been... Well, Severe. I have severe I have punishment. a weird view on respect for elders. I actually don't feel like somebody being a certain age means that they are entitled to a certain respect, but I do believe somebody being a person 
entitles them to a certain level of respect. So I I would have to say that I would like to think that I treat but kids don't know the difference. I would on like that. yeah no no they don't not at all. Well and people they almost they hear the cliches of respect your elder. And they immediately just assume that obviously your views are outdated. But then again, they see their parents being complete dicks to yeah. other people their age. And they go, well, why should I respect, you know, Mrs. Carter? Because and I'm just making this up. Well, but, yeah. You know, Mrs. Smith or whatever, because you say shit behind her back and you don't respect her and you call her this and you say this and you don't want to go to her house for parties and all that. So why they hear that, right? Yeah. And they see it on Facebook. Well, they learn more from what we do than what we say. And that's exactly why I children do. Are, are are little mimics of what we do. Oh yeah, they're going to be little clones. Uh, uh, well, maybe not to the degree, but they're, we are both there. They just they see and they do as their right? actual biological parents. You are both their environment and their inheritance. Like you, you gave them both the genes of what they're predisposed to, and you're creating yeah, your surroundings. Well, as long as you are lucky enough that you've been able to do both. I thought I was a pretty good kid. Oh, I was and, a shit. And I still and I still was punished all the time. But I, br- I grew up in a very religious household, and we'll do that on a podcast one of these yeah. days, and I can tell you all about that. But I grew up in a very, very religious household. So it was and from the age of 10 on, I was in a religious household that was very, very strict. And if you did something wrong, you were punished according to the Bible. That's a so very if read your Bible, If you've read your Bible, you know what that means. So I had a pretty well, healthy— Old Testament or New Testament? Because um, that, that affects the punishment. Maybe both. Okay. Um, you, I had a very healthy respect for punishment. And so I tried to live within those guidelines. Didn't always work. But I think my, the standard that I was held to as a child was a little higher than maybe some of my friends. They got away with a lot of shit that I didn't. Well, see, I, I was the one that got away with everything. But what, when I say I got away is I was given so much freedom. But with the understanding that when I did something wrong, the punishment was severe. The, I guess the, and I, I, I understood that. The point that I was trying to make is because I had that level of respect, I didn't necessarily do things that would have offended any adult in the room. Meaning I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought twice, like I'll go to the grocery store or I'll go to Target or Walmart or something and I'll be standing on an end cap. You know what an end cap is, Yeah, right? the, the end of the aisle. And I'll be looking at a book or something. And a kid will run. I mean, there's literally not a foot and a half between me and the end cap. And a child will run right in between me and the end cap. Now, had my mother saw me do that as a child. Oh, you would have swapped up. Oh, my God. She would have done it right there in the store. Oh, yeah. And the parents are like, oh, it's just, okay. No, it's not she's just. You haven't taught them that to respect okay. other people's space. It doesn't matter how old they are, as you were saying, just respect other people's space yep. or running through a restaurant or screaming at the top of their lungs or whatever it is in public. You have not trained that child to do the right thing. I think that we have so many, I'm gonna use the word blessings and advancements uh, in today's world that we are afforded so many opportunities and luxuries that we let more fear control us and then the fear of your kid hating you or the fear of your mm, kid. You want to be their friend, not their parent. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I kind of got a dose of that because my mother was a fantastic friend. Uh, and even though she always loved me great as a son, I more appreciate the disciplinary side of my father because I felt like that gave me more of a structure of knowing that every decision I make has some form of a consequence. And there's something that I feel like my father did that most people don't is 
I knew exactly why I was getting a spanking. Why I was getting oh, a smack yeah. mouth. It wasn't it wasn't my dad was me. It wasn't a Christmas story where she gets on the phone and says, Do you know what your son said? And then she says the word into the phone and then she runs into the other room and starts beating the crap no, out of the No, that wasn't kid. that. No. I would love Christmas story, but no, that's uh that's not what it was. It was very clear cut every time except for once. And uh it was a big, big emotional moment for me when my dad actually spanked me and he did it out of anger instead mm. of as a punishment. Out of love. And that was quote, actually quote. yeah. Uh well no, at the time it wasn't. He was just he was angry about other things. No, but I mean they always tell you oh, doing this. It out was of the love. first time it wasn't out of love. It, I, I get yeah, that. But I normally you. and I'm it using is out air of love. quotes is it's love for it's my future and correct I'm, I'm correcting your behavior, regardless of whether you agree with it or not, the parent is then correcting their behavior so they don't grow up to become an asshole. Yeah. And uh when he when I remember I'll, I'll never forget when he did it because it was different and Afterwards, he'd realized it was actually the first time I seen my father cry mm. because he was so apologetic, and that's when I realized, like, well, this guy doesn't hit me because he's mad at me. He hits me because I'm being a dick. Yeah, I remember and, that first time. Well, yeah, it happened to you just, too. Yeah, you you don't forget it. No, um, but I think there's a lot of things as becoming an adult now, right? And being an adult for thirty one <laughs> years, there's a lot of pressures that you have, and it's. You, you take them out then, on whomever is the easiest target. I, th- I think whether that's what a lot of people do. Whether it's in traffic, screaming at somebody, whether it's at a fast food restaurant, you see these videos of people just screaming at the Losing people behind it. the counter. Whether it's um, at a school, screaming but this goes at a back teacher. into my respecting everybody. That that's the problem. Is people are well, we don't have that in today's society. No, no we don't. And it goes back to our original you know, conversation in the first segment, which is I'm not tolerant of you because I don't, I don't think I have to be. You, you identify differently than me since you're different. I don't like you. Right. It's not, I don't want to get to understand you. I don't have the time. Well, first of all, that's bullshit. We all have the time. The difference is, and I had to stop saying this as an adult and I, and I tried to get away from saying it for the last couple of years is I don't have time for that. No, I choose to do other things and it's just not as important to me on the scale of what's important to me, yeah. to spend time on it. And so I'm sorry, it just wasn't as important well, as other Well, when you things. remove the, the the passion from that, it's just it's your life. You've, you've got to prioritize what you I feel I wouldn't call important. it passion. I would call it emotion. Yeah. No, that's what it is. Okay. It's emotion. Because it's if you take the emotion out of everything, we can be rational about just about anything. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the hard part because most people, I think, can't anymore. It's the same thing in business when they say, if you are responding to somebody in anger, type the email, put it in your saved box, wait two days. Oh, yeah. To go back and read it and delete it. Yeah. Or don't even go back and read it, just delete well, it. Well, it's a good moment to learn from a different side of you, of what you're doing and who you were at the time and trying to in assess that moment, it more appropriately. In that yeah. moment. Because you can be very, very pissed off at somebody in that moment and it'll pass. Yep. Which is why I think we get so many road rage, road rage incidences. Is that still like a big issue? Oh, it's huge. It's I mean, there's more huge. people. And by the so way, more traffic, I can't so. say that it doesn't happen to me. I just try to. I know that when you when you unlock that com- using a gaming code or a gaming term, when you unlock that cheat code, to what to have road rage? It's not pretty. I guess I'm lucky. I've, I've just, never. I've I I've do, been angry. We both one do time. a lot of driving. Yes. Okay. So what angers me is different what, than what angers someone else. When they're only driving on the weekends, they're taking the train back and forth. And yeah. I'm screaming in, in my car going, how can you be that stupid? Like, 
I see people turning in front of traffic all the time into a into an oncoming driveway, or you know, they're, they're going turning against the, and, the and flow. They're taking their lives in their own hands and going, ah, I don't give a shit, and turning in front of a line of traffic that's going 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, and they're barely making it. What went through their mind? Do you value your life that insignificantly? I think that it's not it's not that deep to them. You know what I mean? Like I I drive. It was just living in the moment. They yeah, were just it was. Doing it was I need to make it through, or it could be as simple as they weren't paying attention. They they, uh, uh, my wife and I. She, I drive so much more often than her. I obviously have more practice, and for the longest time, she kept saying that she doesn't drive that bad when I'm not with her. No way in hell does that make sense in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. Because it's not like I'm over there poking her in her left eye or something, like reaching around to make her drive worse. And the only reason why I drive better, with air quotes, is because I drive more often, mm-hmm. and I've I've you have more experience. Yeah, yeah. It, I just I just do. You're flexing that muscle more often. Exactly. It's just it's a mental muscle. It's a mental and physical muscle of just something that I have to do. And I've been lucky that I don't have road rage. I mean, when people cut me off, I get confused of like, well, what needed to happen. There's a reason why we have signals, but I think it's just because it's almost like I was. But you're getting somewhere and me getting somewhere are two different things. Like you're going somewhere and you get there when you get there because you know it takes 45 minutes to get there and you're going to get yeah. there. You know, my it's drive's 43 always super or it's 47 long. or whatever. So you don't care, right? You're just, you know, you're getting there in around well, 45 I, I minutes. I care because I'm driving like that for work and I do but have. But that's kind of my point, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter really how long it takes you to get there because A, you're getting paid whatever you get paid, regardless of whether you yeah. get there faster or slower. For me, when I'm trying to get somewhere, I'm usually trying to get more stuff crammed into a day so that I can maximize profit or I can maximize Well, it, um, it's kind of the same, though, results. because if, if we're using me as an example where you're specifically, since I'm salary, the sooner I get there and get it done, the more I can get done and the sooner I get to go home. So it, it, I am still just as much in a hurry. The difference is, is you're trying to increase your dollar so you can get home. I'm just trying to get home because my dollars sting the same. We have different way. goals. Yeah, it's just more of it's not worth it because I don't know what awaits for me at my next stop, mm. and I'm not trying to let that or my my drive there affect it. I need to go there, get done what I need to get done efficiently, and then move to the next place. But I'm not racing place to place because. Honestly, it comes down to I don't need my wife giving a phone call that something happened to me in the car. That mm. that's really what it comes down to. Is it's not even about whose dime I'm on or that it's a company vehicle. It's that I don't have time to be that upset and my life is too important for me to get that risky with it. And I've tried to go down that road. It's not easy. <laughs> not No, I have friends that can't get, do it. I, I mean, I used to drive for a previous employer, I used to drive 50,000 miles a year. Okay, so I would drive from here to St. Louis to Kansas City to Colorado to Iowa back See, to Chicago. Just really long. They're really yeah. long trips, and I would do it all the time. And so when I drove fifty thousand miles a year, I was almost on autopilot. Like I could make it here to St. Louis, and I could do twelve different things in the car. I could write notes. I could be on the phone. I could do and. Honestly, I couldn't tell you what the last 10 miles looked like. Yeah. Just because I was staring out the front window and I was doing other things. And I, my body already knew this is where you need to go. My brain always, it was always telling me, oh, you need to stop there at that exit because we always stop at that exit. For- but when you have that autopilot, you have that weird, weird feeling of there could be dead people behind me. Like, because it, it, in a weird way, you literally. Well, I've only had that ever happen to me once. I was in college. Where you truly didn't remember? Um, actually, it was out of college. Uh 
I would say I'd already met my wife and I was coming home from her house one night. It was probably three in the morning. I was dog ass tired. That's that's what that's when you really it forget. was a section between Arlington Heights Road and Rand. I was on Rand Road between Arlington Heights Road and um, Kensington in Arlington Heights Mount Prospect. And I remember, um, I remember passing through Arlington Heights Road, but I don't remember anything until I woke up at the Taco Bell, which is probably two miles away, maybe a mile and a half away, and I had fallen asleep at the wheel. Oh. And I was still driving straight, don't know how, and it scared the hell out of me. It is. It's, I, I and I remember that to this day. Like, every time I get tired in a car, you remember I then pull over and I go, I don't, because I was just lucky I didn't kill anybody. Yeah. It's extremely I, lucky. No, that's that's all it is too. It's 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 just luck. And every time there's been times where I've called my wife and I'm like, "You have to talk to me, or I'm not going to be able to drive mm-hmm. home." Like you need to. And, and it scares me. My daughter drives back and forth to school, and she drives back and forth to see her boyfriend, and she's doing. But it you got to think about the scale. Like, I mean, is is it to the same extent and same pressure that you were under at that time? No. See, so not to say that that means it can't happen, but I hope you as a father can find comfort. And knowing that it's not as likely to happen. Well, and it goes back to the the road rage thing. It's like, look, I, I'm doing everything I can to drive properly, and you're not, and you're frustrating me. And I think that's what gets on people's nerves. Is yeah. My, mine's the you danger. Know, there's, a, there's a McDonald's at Algonquin and Randall Road uh, here in Lake in the Hills. Okay. And I don't know exactly where I'm at right now. So they had to they reconfigured their parking lot. And they put a do not enter sign because if you go all the way around the store and you pull into the drive through lane, there's a big drive through lane. And people try to cut in just the one entrance. And then there, there's a bunch of people trying to We're come so in here. Lazy. And there's people trying to come in here. And then there's trying to people getting get out. So they put two do not enter signs. Big red and white do not enter signs. And people every day. I go by just there all the time, it. and they're still going, and they just ignore the do not enter signs. Like, like they're so entitled that they go, "Oh, those rules don't apply to me," <laughs> or they don't stop at a stop sign. And I and I yell out my window in the summertime if their windows open and, and my windows open. I go, "Don't worry, that does that that sign does not apply to you. You keep going." <laughs> I know I'm such a dad. One of, when I say one of that, my favorite. Seriously, I I know every time somebody brings up road rage, I in a weird way I don't get it. Because I, I just don't, well, one, I don't get road rage, so, rage, so I, I've never really had a problem with it. But I, one of my, my best friend, as always, he just recently stopped getting real bad road rage, which has been a bad news for me. Because riding with him with road rage was some of the best entertainment <laughs> money could buy. Uh, <laughs> the idea of, I remember just driving through parking lots with him, and somebody didn't even... They had their turn signal on, but they took, like, too long to turn. They have still followed all the rules. And he went out of his way, being more risky than she was, to go beside her just to put his hand up to his face the way that she was on a phone and go, nah, 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 nah. and yeah. he just, he looked like an idiot. But his anger was my entertainment. But the fact is, is he put him and myself more at mm-hmm. risk of the way he was driving through a parking lot. don't think about lot. it at that moment. No, he didn't. You just don't. He didn't. And what? And I didn't either until after. I was just loving watching him be pissed. But I think people are just, I think they're that much dumber on the road now. Well, I never have. Honestly. I have I, so much trouble trying to figure out where where has stupidity and um, entitlement crossed lines. Because I, I do agree that there are. You mean are, like going down and up in a parking lot? 
down and up. No, down and like when you're going up or down in a oh, parking yeah. lot. So that guy, it's supposed to be going down, but he's going up and you're going the right way. And he's looking at now, you like you're an idiot and you're like, you're going the wrong way. Yes. But see, you I've done the opposite up. where I wasn't, uh, for whatever reason, it was one of those weird ones where one lane's one way, but the other one's a straight and mm. I just picked the wrong one, and I turned, and sure enough, this guy was coming, and I looked at him like, I'm sorry. Like, I felt like, because I knew I had But that's different than... Oh, me looking at him like he's the jackass right. for going, following the right. arrows, the, yeah. Or or the guy the other day when I was going up the right way, and he was coming down the wrong well, I way, think I, I and he was yelling at me going, get out of my way, and I'm going, wait a minute, hold on a second. I, I, I'm the one that's doing it right. You're doing it wrong. You back up. How dare and, you? and I didn't move, and he had to back up. Yeah. Do uh, you think I was moving? No. Not you when know you're, me well not when you're Especially when you're the one in the right. Right. You know what it means? I'm so, standing my ground. But the, the difference is, though, is we can tell that difference. And we have, I think, that general respect. I I feel so bad because I remember thinking that respect had to be earned, which it does to a degree. Mm. But I think there is a blanket respect that should just be understood and given uh, to the general populace, because again, we're people. We're all people. We all surprise, surprise. We're all here now. We got to live together in some capacity, mm-hmm. and that doesn't seem to. That's not following through. It just doesn't seem to always exist with with other people. I think it's less tolerant. Like we used to be more tolerant and respectful of each. I other. I think it's forgetting that we're all people, and that's part of it. What I'm saying though is, let, let's say you do something wrong on the road. It, it's easy for me to just go. Ah, Whatever. I'm just going to let it go. The problem is it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And almost to the point where people are putting other people's lives in danger. The problem for me is like cutting in front of purpose. traffic. That That's what bothers me. There's a big difference. I, If you're an idiot, I'm sorry, you're an idiot. Thanks. And we will try to, <laughs> not you, but you know what I mean. If somebody's yeah. being an idiot, we can, in a weird way, I can forgive being stupid more than I can being malice. Somebody who is specifically disobeying, like going into that McDonald's, no entry, knowing you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. That's that's that offends me more than somebody accidentally going down the wrong in a park. Pulled out of this subdivision this morning. Yeah, you, S- your subdivision's seven thirty eight o'clock this morning. Pulled out of this subdivision, and guy couldn't see the guy on the right coming. He clearly didn't see the car coming. He went pulled out, and he saw him at the last minute. Stopped. The guy slammed on his brakes, honked. Went about 30 feet and slammed on his brakes to brake check him. Now, Ugh. it was clear that the guy clearly didn't see you, right? And he, he just didn't see he you. did, he and, tried to fix and, it. And, and the guy was like, hey, sorry, I didn't see you. But the guy that was oncoming just couldn't let it go. It wasn't like, hey, you almost took my life. Anger. It was, Angry. I'm going to now punish you for something that was pretty insignificant, could have let it go. Hey, I get it. Thanks for seeing me not running right into me and, and, and T-boning me. I appreciate that. But then gets 30 feet up and then almost causes an accident because now the guy doesn't expect him to brake check 30, you know, and now he's, now the guy behind him's pissed. Now it's yeah, a road now rage Everybody's thing. mad. Everybody's so, mad and nobody's happy. You know, I guess the, the, the moral of the story is just let it go. Let the stupid shit go. Yeah, you have to because There's a book that's it. called um, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and It's All Small Stuff. Yeah, I mean... Right. Yeah, it really is. And that's more true today than probably because even the big stuff ends up being smaller as time goes on. As as you get more life behind you, as you get older, you realize, big first stuff. of all, I don't have room in my brain for all of that stuff. Yeah. And I can't just it, I'm already I, I hitting can't that. hold on to that forever because then I'm just bit. And then I grew up to be just a bitter old man. Yeah. And I don't want to grow up to be a bitter old man. By the same <laughs> token, though, I don't want people to walk all over me. 
I mean, I'm a pretty big guy, and I just don't, I just, I don't appreciate people who try to take advantage of you. So, I pretty much stand my ground. It's understanding. But I've got to learn better. Understanding the difference between when somebody, like I said, is being stupid versus being angry. Yeah. So it's true. We're out of time. Are we? Is Sorry. there? I didn't know we had a time. Yeah, no. Nah. We try to keep it. You know, like all podcasts, you 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 try to keep to a certain yeah, time no, frame absolutely. so that when. Guys like you are driving in the car. They go, okay. I know. I got about an hour and twenty minutes. I can just put this on. And um, I got. I got to say, in a weird way, I was nervous. Uh, I was thinking. I was like, man, what are you doing? You're going to well, talk. It's, well, it's interesting because you've heard them. Yeah, I I love podcasts. And then, um, and now you're here, so you see how the sausage is made. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing of knowing the idea that somebody could listen to it. And I think it's better when you have two or more people. Like when I'm just doing the, the quick, bit, quick bits on my own and I'm just doing some you know news stories or whatever, it almost sounds scripted because some of it is. Well, if it I mean, makes you yeah. sound better, it's no different than when I normally talk to you. I can't get a word in <laughs> inch-wise. So <laughs> I think if we looked at the time on this, I think it's pretty even. You might even yeah. have talked a little more, but I think I've, I have I wanted you to because I think it's it's good to... We always tend to have good conversations. I mean, half the stuff we talked about before we sat down was stuff that was I kind of wish you would have had. I basically life. said to you, what do you want to talk about? And you said, and I said, what, what what are your interests? And you gave me a three or four things. And I said, okay. Well, after you put me on the spot and I said, man, now I feel boring. Yeah, well, and then... and. We didn't even have a, a script or an outline or anything today. And well, I, hold on. You, you brought a paper out. There's a lot of words that on was, that paper. That, that's for the quick bit stuff that I oh, do. Oh, see, I, yeah. thought, I was like, so man, this guy put I just a have, lot I have it. some notes that I go through, and, and I just kind of, you know, I kind of wing it, but I have some notes there. Or if there might be a story, and it's, you know, I've got to read it word for word, whatever the the line is from the news report, and so I might have to read that. And then it just kind of keeps me on track for the yeah. beginning and the end. Well, so. yeah, but seeing how real it is, just a conversation. Yeah. And that is really all that we're having is just a conversation. Hopefully people can sort of relate to what, because I'm a little older, you're a little younger, um, and we'll have some conversations that are uncomfortable. We're both old now, though. Bottom line, even today. I like the uncomfortable conversations because I think people can relate to them, and it's things that they don't want to say. They don't want to have conversations with other people because they know they're intolerant. Well, it's because they've tried before and they were punished. Correct. Correct. So we'll get out of here. We'll do do it next time. Again, you uh, can find us on <clears throat> Spotify, iTunes, major podcasting platforms. You can find us on YouTube at 511 Media Group on their YouTube channel. Thanks, Finn. Thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. And as always, just remember, until next time, the key to a rich life is happiness and great pizza. See you.